Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Anthony, and you're listening to the Culture Jack Podcast. It is the weekend. Wire. We are talking movies, TV shows, and so much more today. Before I dive into the show, as always, hey guys, take a moment, hit that subscribe button if you're new to us. Um, and if you're not, please take a moment, share the content. You can easily do that by copying the link or hit the share icon on whichever podcasting platform that you are currently on. Today we got all kinds of stuff as far as news goes. I'm going to go into, let's see what I got, a couple of articles and uh, we're going to talk what else is coming out here in 2021. Let's go ahead and kick this off. With some pretty big news, it's been uh, running rampant on the internet, and that is Scarlett Johansson sues Disney, claims Black Widow streaming cut into box office profits. So this thing is everywhere, man. It's as soon as that news broke, I saw just about everybody jumping on this bandwagon. Uh, today we're going to take some of the information from NBC News, but CNN, Collider. I mean, the 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 list of reporters that jumped on to uh this is deep it's running deep boys anyways the actress who uh whose pay was tied to theatrical ticket sales claims she was misled about marvel's blockbuster simultaneous release on disney plus scarlett johansson sued the walt disney company on thursday claiming the entertainment giant deprived her of untold black widow box office profits by offering the Marvel blockbuster on streaming service. Johansson said a significant part of her compension is based on box office receipts. And she claimed the Disney promised to make a picture intentionally available exclusively in traditional movie theaters. But when Disney instead made Black Widow simultaneously available on the streaming service Disney Plus. It took a chunk of a box office profits and wrongly denied Johansson a cut of ticket sales according to a complaint filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court. A spokesperson for Walt Disney Company described the lawsuit as having no merit whatsoever, blasting it as especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's Johansson's <laughs> contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date, the spokesperson said. Brian Lord, co-chairman of Creative Artists Agency and Johansson's agent, fired back at Disney on Friday, folks, saying this. Shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone they, and I know she isn't, Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they implied is beneath the company that many 
of us in the creative community have worked with successfully for decades. Lord added. In the lawsuit, Johansson's side accused Disney of blatantly rigging revenue streams away from box office and to the company's new subscription service. Disney saw the opportunity to promote its flagship subscription streaming service and establishing Disney Plus as a must-have service in an increasingly competitive market, her attorney John Berlinski wrote. Adding insult to injury, Ms. Johansson has spent the last, I think it was supposed to be spent, the last several months fulfilling her own obligation under the agreement to promote the picture and therefore by association its release on Disney plus. In other words, Disney has enjoyed the benefits of having one of Hollywood's top actresses promote its wholly owned subscription service at no additional cost to Disney. And with the intended effect of taking money out of the actress's own pocket, he wrote the lawsuit did uh, did not name a figure in demands or suggest what cut of the box office sales is due to Johansson. Key terms in Johansson's 2017 Black Widow deal with Disney are three uh, three. Uh, I don't know why I just fumbled that theatrical release and wide three uh, theatrical release. Uh, she insisted as a well-known Hollywood language for traditional movie theaters, according to the lawsuit, both parties understood this meant that the picture would intentionally be released exclusively in movie theaters and that it would remain exclusively in movie theaters for a period of between 90 and 120 days in the lawsuit. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I want to keep, I, I think we'll end reading the article there. So, this this is an interesting thing uh, to some degree, I, I guess. I mean, I don't want to dog on this because of the financials that are that are tied to it. I mean, Disney's saying, "Hey, you made twenty mil, and you are making money from all of this, so forth and so on." So she's making bank, regardless. Um, did it hinder her earning profits because they simultaneously released the black widow movie on both Disney plus and within theaters. I think that that's, that's an argument within itself um, because theaters are not where they currently are. Now, as it's stated in the article there, we don't know if what type of profit sharing from the purposes, but my understanding and what Disney alludes to is Due to the premier access release, she appears to get some type of royalties, uh, unless it was just kind of misleading when they said that she's going to be making additional money. Now, the money's itself, let me go back to that real quick. That is not anybody's fucking business other than hers, her agents, her attorneys, and, and Disney's. Like, if she made five million or two million or a hundred thousand, whatever, but in this case, she made 20 million plus whatever. The agreement was, and I'm fine with that because that's that's her agreement. That's that's what why she has an attorney on retainer. That's why she has an agent. That's why Disney has the, you know, the mecca of lawyers that they have, and so forth and so on. Where it's kind of strange is why couldn't this have been done behind closed doors? And was there some clearly there was some tension there? She went in or or had her person go in and, um. 
push this thing through. And that's unfortunate. And here's why, because, you know, once, once this, I keep fucking with the mic, sorry. Once this cat's out of the bags, folks, it's done. As far as I'm concerned, unless there's some immediate resolve to this from both parties, I'm going to say that Scarlett Johansson's future with Disney and Marvel is now being flushed down the toilet. Now, granted, that can be argued because the character ended pretty much with Endgame and and coincidentally, we have the prequel here with Black Widow. But did she have a future beyond that with the character? Who knows? However, she could have very well had a future in any of the other many IPs that Disney owns. And I would say at this point, and more than likely for the immediate future, there is no future for her uh, within that world. So I don't know, again, you know, value wise, you're talking big numbers here and you're talking um, speculation. And I feel as though there is, and, and there's bullshit in there, you know, um, there's some bullshit about, I, I don't know the, the comments about COVID-19 Disney's referring to the, in my opinion, the way that I read the article and several other articles basically about the same thing. They were referring to the financial environment of COVID-19 or the financial impact to uh, theaters and its inability. They were not talking, and again, I could be wrong, but they weren't talking about Scarlett Johansson being insensitive to COVID-19. They were just saying, essentially, dude, the environment out here is fucked up. So, yes, we did simultaneously release it, and it maximizes the the growth potential. Um, for revenue and and of course it is promoting and pushing Disney plus the streaming service. Um, but that's not her. I, I mean, I get the breach of if they had an agreement, they should have stuck with the agreement or altered the agreement. Um, but again, I don't have their fucking contracts. You don't have their contracts and these news articles sure as fuck don't have these, their contracts and we don't have attorneys to go through them and so forth and so on. So we're really taking these, uh, news articles for what they are. And that's, that's what I would recommend it to everyone out there that listens or, or pays attention to any news articles. This one's just so happens to be highlighted at the moment because of what it is and who it is. So uh, with that being said, you know, I, I wish her the best. I think she's heading down a, a losing road with this one. I mean, she's made plenty of revenue, but you know, who am I? If she, if they're in breach of contract, and she feels as though there was it reduced the maximum earning potential of the movie because of this, then there's there's something there. But it's not just about her. I mean, she's got to get the court to believe that and then to essentially pencil in what is that number? What is that impact? So and I don't know what her what her agreements are and, and, and what have you again. So we'll have to see. It is unfortunate. I hate to see that kind of stuff happen. Um you know, for, for the creator, the artist, uh, Scarlett Johansson, but I also hate to see, uh, you know, big corporate kind of get put on, put on the spot with it, because if they're right, then Scarlett Johansson's being kind of shitty about it. If she's right, Disney's being kind of shitty and, and, uh, standoffish about it. So again, at this point, my conclusion is let's write it out. I don't, you know, I, again, without having facts and, and a better understanding, I guess in this sense, 
I don't want to, I don't have a dog in the fight. <sighs> Drinking some water today, boys. Let's keep going though. Um, this next one was super interesting to me. So as I do every week throughout the week, I kind of collect tidbits. And then uh, as I get closer to recording this show, I'll go back through those tidbits and then take stuff off, move them around and kind of try to configure what the show is going to look like here on the weekend wire. This one, super interesting, really caught my attention. So cosmic book, cosmic book news writes invincible live action movie on the way. An invincible live action movie is currently in early development from Robert Kirkman, which follows the new and populator, uh, populator, <laughs> popular animated series that airs on Amazon. Kirkman, who first featured Invincible as a comic book from the large or from Image Comics, confirmed the news at a recent Comic Con at home online convention. I'm not telling you. This is another one of those things. That's a little early going, but I will say. There are massive efforts going in to make sure that the film experience is unique and separate from the animated series, which also, or while also being true to Invincible. I couldn't be more excited about the stuff that we're going to be doing, but I can't tell you yet. Which the animated series being a popular and good we see Robert Kirkman made a point mentioning that it would be separate from the movie. So it's safe to assume that Invincible live action movie will also be different than the comic books in some way, meaning the movie may be more unique and original. Uh, Let's see, regarding Invincible season two, we know that uh, there is Invincible, the animated series season two. So that's crazy. I, I feel like that's, that's pretty wild. And if you guys haven't seen, there has been a ton of animations of actors and uh, whatnot that could play or that have been re-imaged to fulfill the characters, which like Invincible, Omni-Man and whatnot. The Omni-Man one, there's there's been some pretty interesting ones. Most notably, a John Hamm uh, with a big mustache, all jacked, uh, looked, pretty, looked pretty cool. Um, Invincible, we saw... And I'm going to forget the guy's name now, but uh, characters like the the character from uh, what what the hell was it? Oh, it just ran for me. I want to say Taylor Johnson. Aaron is it Aaron Taylor Taylor Johnson, the guy from Kickass. I probably just butched that, but he's one. There's there's been several people. Uh, just go online and look, and you'll see that people have been spending their time reanimating <laughs> or adding movie stars to the possible characters. Um, again, there's no, there's no, no one's tied to this right now. It sounds like it's at such an early stage. Not only is no one tied to it, there's nothing tied to it to include a story. Um, nonetheless, though, I'm in. <laughs> I love the animated series. If you guys haven't seen it, you got, you got to check it. You got to check it out. Okay, let's keep going. Did you guys catch that latest Ghostbusters? trailer pretty pretty freaking epic pretty epic if you guys have not seen that it's available at sony 
uh, com. You can also go to ghost. I believe it's ghostbusters.com. You can go to YouTube and just type in new ghostbusters trailer. So we've got the brand new ghostbusters coming in November. And I am excited about this. The previous latest movie, not so much. And I did watch it. I did watch it. Um, but this one has Paul Rudd. It has what appears to be, um, it must've been where I'm guessing like Dan Aykroyd retired and then he, uh, I'm assuming passed away or disappeared or something, um, his character. And then the uh, house is left to his family. His family moves to the town of whatever Sweetwater, I think is what it is. And then yeah, you can see all this in the trailer. I'm not fucking ruining it for you unless you're not watching the trailer, which I, which would be weird, I guess. Anyways, long story short, um, it looks great. I like uh, especially seeing the portrayals and there there is some, some old character stuff going on here. Um, I like seeing that. I feel like this is more true to what a Ghostbusters movie should be as opposed to what we received before, where I feel like they were trying to go for a cash grab instead of a real story, which we know at this point or should know that that's not always the best case for uh, what you may or may not be trying to do as far as uh, revisiting an old IP. And in this case, Ghostbusters is an iconic IP. So. Looks cool. You see some 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 uh, ghost busting going on. You see the return of the uh, damn. I'm gonna forget the name of this too. But uh, the the return of the station wagon. Uh, you see the ghost traps and and man, I'm loving it. I mean, I'm looking at a list, and we're gonna talk about this here in a second. A list of some movies that are, I believe, projected to come out here relatively soon. Uh, but if you guys have not seen the latest trailer of Ghostbusters, you're going to want to check that out again. Um, before I dive into this list of some movies that are out and coming out uh, for the remainder of 2021, I recently watched Fast and the Furious 9. I know. I know. Anyways, I wanted to talk about this real briefly because this IP is is huge. I mean, it's a billion. I'm positive it's a billion dollar ip let me pull up i did pull some articles on this here it is <clears throat> um oh yeah it's easily a billion dollar ip so lifetime gross we'll go through this here in a second anyways i watched fast and the furious 9 it, well actually let's go through the numbers first and then i'll talk about it so fast and the furious 7 currently is at number one for lifetime gross if this information is is accurate and that is at 353 million and some change Fast and Furious 6, 238 million and some change. The Fate of the Furious, 226 million and some change. Fast 5, 209 million and some change. Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, 173 million and some change. Uh, Fast 9 at this moment, which is the Fast Saga, which is crazy because it says it's at 167 million and some change. Uh, Fast and the Furious, I'm assuming that's the original. One of these is it's fast or no, I, I don't know. It's 155 million. The fast and the furious is 144 too fast, too furious, 127. And then the fast and the furious Tokyo drift only got 62 million. Anyway, so it's a multi-billion dollar, multi-billion dollar uh, franchise here, right? With 
I it's saying ten films. Oh yeah, with with Shobs, uh, Hobbs and Shot is ten films. So ten films, multi billion dollar IP. I mean, shit's going right. Okay, uh, you know, I, I'm not going through the costing of each one of those, but if you're sitting on a multi billion dollar IP, uh, like Vin Diesel is to some degree, you're you're doing some shit right now. Um, I, I think I mentioned this mentioned this in last week, but Vin Diesel and and The Rock, I think, finally threw down the gauntlet and said. Uh, if I recall correctly, they went back and forth a little bit or, or were throwing comments back and forth. And The Rock was like, dude, I'm done. There's no more Fast and Furious shit. Nine and ten, good luck to you, but I'm done. Which is fine because The Rock's in plenty of fucking movies. And I guarantee that's not going to hurt his wallet one iota. So now let me get to Fast Nine. And what the Fast and Furious means to me, right? So when Fast and Furious original came out in the turn of the 2000s, it was incredible uh, because it was kind of this grungy underground movie uh, to some, not ultra grungy, but it was it was cool in the sense in like street racing on the streets and all of this stuff. No, no crazy shenanigans. I mean, there was bullshit that they said about the cars that was clearly fake. But nonetheless, at the time, it was big. In fact, it was so big. I was in the local car scene at the time, and I've been a fan of automotive and cars for the bulk of my life. And it fucking blew up. I mean, it did. As far as that culture goes, it was like throwing gas on a fire, and a lot of people bought a lot of stupid shit for their cars. That's where the APC spoilers, all the Euro taillights, and blah, 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 came in, and there was, you know, the underglows and all this shit. So... Since then, you know, they did Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, uh, and all these other movies. And I've watched every single one. Now, the original story, the the road that they had went down with that, to me, is iconic. What they did with Too Fast, Too Furious, it was like watching a, a uh, uh, fucking um, music video at that time and in the air. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, Vin Diesel wasn't in it. It was Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson. And then we go into Tokyo Drift, which Vin Diesel and uh, Paul Walker's not in it. And then we get back on track and then we're getting Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. And then we end up getting The Rock and then Jason Statham. And it just kind of goes on and on. Now, Fast and Furious 8 was more, I guess, on point to their crazy eccentric story that they're telling. And then they had the, the, the Lycan, which is a fake car for the most part. I mean, it is a real car, but it's kind of a fake car too. If you look that up, it's kind of strange. Anyways, they've gotten fairly extreme and extreme and they're bringing in all these actors and stuff. And the enjoyability for me shifted from, uh, the street race kind of cool story to, now it's just like watching an action movie with cars. I mean, that's all it is. I don't expect a solid fucking story. I don't expect um to leave that being like, man, the that was a very perplexing story and plot points throughout that. That was very well written. No, no, no. This is equivalent to watching Expendables with cars as it is to watching Expend- Expendables with a shitload of guns, right? So Expendables, nonstop action, cool-ass guns, 
mediocre at best acting. Cool to see all the cameos. Cool to see all the, hear all the, the, the stuff. Fast and the Furious is that, but with cars instead of guns. And yes, they have guns, but they don't have exp- expendables guns for the most part. Anyways, this last movie was fucking horrible. It was, they had the possibility of making it. They started the movie off great. It was a uh, throwback to when Dominic Toretto, a.k.a. Vin Diesel, was a kid and his dad and what happened to his dad. They were at the racetrack, blah, blah, blah. They could have taken that story and then made an incredible, an incredible story going back and making it more of the the street street uh you know being on the streets and building your car and doing this this and this and doing these things they could have done that they did not do that at all they went fucking hog wild i truly believe at this point so i watched this movie one and a half times i truly believe whoever it is is writing this and I know Vin Diesel has a lot to do with this. I'm not 100%. Oh, I'm sure he, he oversees some of the writing because he's main producer. Like he owns a large portion of the IP and whatnot. It's like they're trying to turn these people into superheroes. In fact, there's even a scene in there where Tyrese Gibson talks about this and says, man, this is crazy. How the fuck do we do all these crazy things? You know, I got shot in my jacket. I'm not shot. And uh, Ludacris and the, and the woman that was with Ludacris kind of make fun of it and and what have you, but they have taken this so far beyond what it should have ever been that I felt as though there is no reality anymore. There is no, there is no like story. It's like, no, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want and we're going to do it. And so with that, it ruined the movie for me, in my opinion. It's like you guys are going into this fucking straight up superhero. You're you're flying cars in space now. You're dry. You know, the shit that you were doing with cars before was bad enough. I mean, like, granted, the, some of the stunts and some of the things they've been doing with cars has been horrible as far as it's blatantly flay, uh, fake. There's no credibility. There's no way you could fucking do it. And in this one, it was like, throw that out the window, guys. We're going to top what we already topped in the last topping of the last top movie. And I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, and it loses, for me, I started losing the enjoyment level because it's like, Jesus Christ, this is like a fucking cartoon or like a a crappy superhero movie. So anyways, long story short, multi-billion dollar IP, they elect to go this direction this late in the game clearly it's making money so my opinion at least at this moment doesn't really matter i hope and now they're going to bring back jason state jason statement jason statement statement uh as well and i i don't know anyways that's my observation of fast nine i know it wasn't the the nicest um but damn, man, I wish they would have went in a different direction. So let's look at some movies. Let's uh, look and discuss some movies real quick. I'm going to see if I can come out with some uh, some dates, too. I've got this list. I just typed in uh, new movies coming out in 2021 here on uh, Google. And I'm going to see if we can get some dates. We have Eternals, which I am super stoked for let's see if we can get a release date okay yeah november 5th the budget on this is 200 million so it's kind of cool at least on that one it tells us 
Um, next is Shang-Chi. Oh, maybe that, that's a hell of a lot better. And these aren't in any kind of order. They're just there. Uh, so Shang-Chi, which we've talked about Eternals, and we talked about Shang-Chi, so I'm going to kind of glaze over it to some degree. That's coming out really soon. That's September 3rd. Super stoked for Shang-Chi as well. Disney, of course. Uh, this one does not list the budget. Let's keep going. Jungle Cruise. I think this is out already. If I'm not, yeah, July 30th. So this just came out. Um, it has The Rock. It has Emily Blunt, Jack uh, Whitehall, Jesse Plamons, uh, Edgar Ramirez, Paul Giamatti. Um, and it looks to me, it looked like a fun movie. It's apparently 78% liked this movie. IMBD. Is saying 6.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is 63%. Uh, the Meta Metacritic saying 49%. Jungle Cruises was Dream Project inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Jungle Cruise, Emily Blunt on a horrific nature run-in. Okay, so anyways, it looks like a fun movie. It does. It, it looks like uh, a movie that you would have saw like Brandon Fraser do back when he was uh, on top of the world with the mummy movies or something. It's just a duo. They're heading deep into the jungle. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably end up watching it at some point. Next one. I want to see if there's a date on this. Yes, there is. Okay. Super stoked for this. We should be seeing some more trailers, man. I, like, I feel like some of these movies, um, we're not getting a whole lot of trailer love. All right, sorry about that. Uh, we've got Venom to let there be carnage, or there will be carnage, excuse me. All right, the date on this is September 24th is what it's saying. This, of course, has Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, uh, Amber Sien uh, Sienna, Michelle Williams, J.K. Simmons, who I love that dude, Stephen Graham, who else, uh, Naomi Harris, oops, and several others. So I'm stoked to see this and and more of it. This is this is one of the ones that I would have expected to see more trailers coming out. We already talked about Ghostbusters, but let's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, let's see. And it does say according to this, uh that that's uh oh, it says release date is June eleventh. That is not true. Um it does say Bill Murray, Danny Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson. Sigourney Weaver are in this movie. So just keep that in mind. Suicide Squad, folks, that's coming in a couple of days, August 6th. I am so goddamn stoked for this movie. This movie to me is, is going to be one of the one of the one of the big boys for the summer. Um, and I absolutely believe that. Um, I talked about, I believe, this movie in the one of the last episodes. It's called Old by M. Night Shyamalan, and this just came out July 23rd. This looks cool. A thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. If you guys haven't seen this uh, commercial for this, I, I watched it a few weeks back. I was like, damn. It looks cool. It's I, I, I like that kind of shit. Something something new, something different. All right. The next one is I don't even know what this is. Let's just keep going. I don't know what that that last one was. 
Next one, Halloween Kills. This is due out October 15th. And uh, this is just Mike Myers, man, coming back again and again and again and again and again. Anyways, Jamie Lee Curtis is back in it. Uh, it's got what, Kyle Richards, uh, James Jude Courtney, Nick Castle, Anthony Michael Hall, and several others. So if you're into horror movies, that'll be out in October 15th. Free Guy. This movie is taking fucking forever to come out. And now it is due out August 13th. This is that new Ryan Reynolds movie where it's very cartoony. He's like stuck in a cartoon. It's almost like, uh, I was going to say the Lego movie. It reminded me of the Lego movie on how he's just like doing his thing over and over and over. And then he finally figures out how to get out of it. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jody Comer is in this, uh, pokey, I don't know why this person is, is their name? Pokimane? Is that the person's name? Joe Keery, uh, Takia Watiti. I love that dude. Um, and, and a lot of other actors are in this one. Looks, it looks, looks fun. Looks cool. We of course got matrix four coming out December 16th with Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss and a ton of other people. So super stoked to see what comes of that. Again, haven't seen a trailer. We've got escape room coming Actually, that's already out. That was July 16th. Snake Eyes. Man, this is... So Snake Eyes came out July 23rd, which is obviously uh, being called the best G.I. Joe movie to date. And uh, IMBD is only given a 5.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 38%. Metacritic, 43%. Google users are saying 85% people like this movie so interesting i will watch that once it hits uh once it hits the thing uh uncharted that actually got pushed into february of 2022 i do want to see this uncharted is an up-and-coming american action film um which is obviously taken from the ip uncharted the sony ip which is a fun ass game tom holland will Take the role as Nathan Drake, which is the the uh, main character. Mark Wahlberg will be Victor Sullivan. And then there's other actors tied to it to include Antonio Banderas, Patricia Meaden. Uh, a funny thing about this was Mark Wahlberg had been pushing for Uncharted for so long. And he, he says this in an, inter, in, a, in a interview I watched a while back. It's like I was pushing for this movie for so long that I was going to play Nathan Drake. But now I get to play Victor, the the help that was kind of funny. Um, the Last Duel. This is out now. I, I, interesting, kind of strange-looking movie. I do want to watch it, um, or I believe it's out now. I could be wrong. It's saying October 15th, directed by Ridley Scott. I believe this is out now. I think this date is wrong. It's got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Adam Driver, and others. Uh, this is just kind of a crazy, a, a crazy story. Looks cool, though. Um, Dune. Another movie that I'm incredibly excited for due out October 22nd, 2021. This has got a ton of, of actors in it from Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Who else is in this? Uh, Stellan Skarsgård and, and many other people, guys. You guys, if you haven't seen the commercial for this or if you were unaware of it coming out, you're crazy. Um, the King's Man, which is a, I believe this is just a extension to the Kingsman uh, stories. It says 2021, 
I don't see dates or anything. Anyways, it's supposed to have Stanley Tucci, Aaron Taylor Johnson. So I was right earlier with uh, Invincible. Uh, Gemma, Ardian, Daniel Brule, uh, Colin Firth, Ralph Finnis, and others. I, I'm i interested in that as well. I love the Kingsman series. I know this is kind of a, a sub-sequitur of that. Not sure. Uh, Candyman. I haven't seen any of the Candyman movies since I was a kid. Uh, Tony Todd, the original. That's the original Candyman guy. Um, and others are tied to this movie. It's available August 27th. 8.3 out of 10 is what IMBD is saying. So a couple of horror movies coming into fall is always a fun, kind of a fun thing, in my opinion. Kind of break it up. Break it up. Okay, so it looks like Maverick's date changed again. Is this right? I thought this was already out. It's flying out in November. Okay, so the dates are the dates are conflicting here because I just looked at a different thing. It's saying November 19th. This is saying December. This fall, Top Gun Maverick is coming out. Stoked to see this. Uh, as a kid, I loved Maverick, or I loved Top Gun, excuse me. And uh, to see that Tom Cruise is back in it, I believe Val Kilmer's in it, Miles Teller's in it, Jennifer Conley, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, uh, Ed Harris. Count me in. It's going to be a fun time. Um, let's see. The Green Knight is out now. I was hoping it was going to be on a streaming service. But unfortunately, I think it's A4 or A3 Productions. They're A24. Uh, those folks do not put... Um. They, they don't do streaming under the gate. So this is solely in theater. And it, this is adapted for Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which was a King Arthur quasi-story. It's got Dev Patel, Aaron Kellyman, Alicia Vedkantar, uh, Barry Kogan, uh, and, and others. This looks cool. I, I want to see it. I will watch this once available to do so. Probably won't go to the theater to see it. I'm going to cruise through the rest of these movies. I feel like I've been dredging on too long. So we've got Sing 2 coming out in December as well. No Time to Die, the James Bond film. Uh, I believe this is the last Daniel Craig James Bond film, which is coming out on October 8th. Uh, aside, Daniel Craig will get Remy Malek and others. So that's kind of, kind of exciting. Um, Hotel Transylvania. We've got a new one coming out in October. Uh, Stillwater, the the Matt Damon movie, the movie looks crazy. I believe that's already out. This is about to come out, which is what Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson. This looks really cool. This is HBO Max, so check that out. Uh, Quiet Place Part Two, I believe that's already out. Paw Patrol, the movie, The Purge, Forever, Last Night in Soho, and I think. I think I'm going to call it there, Black Widow, Cruella. Yeah, I'm going to just call it there, folks. Those are some movies that are coming out here relatively soon. So that's that's exciting. I mean, that's that's the new stuff that you get to watch. If you want to. Obviously, you're not obligated to watch any of this stuff at all. It's at your own discretion. So anyways, uh, a lot of great stuff. I feel like a ton of great movies are coming this fall, guys. And uh, I hope you're as excited I am be- as I am because as fall hits, my um, outside activities uh, dramatically decrease as the further into the, the winter we head. 
especially if it's cold and windy out here, pff, ain't happening. But I don't, I don't do a ton of things outside in in the midst of uh, dead winter. And it again, even leading up to winter, August is going to be a big month. September is going to be a, a big month for movies. Um, and I'm stoked absolutely for it. So that's all I got, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Culture Jack Podcast. I'm Anthony. This is the Weekend Wire. Please take a moment to hit the uh, subscribe button if you've been following us for a while. Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody. Um, it, it's always a nice thing. I like receiving uh, messages and uh, texts and whatnot saying, hey, man, check this thing out. Dustin and I have exchanged several podcasts and, and other uh, mediums of entertainment amongst each other for many years. And it's it, it's enjoyable. It doesn't mean that... Uh, I always, you know, fall in suit with whatever it is, but I still will check it out and uh, see if it maybe fits my flavor. So that's it. That's all I got, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode.